Welcome to another vital message from Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. This morning, just want to thank you again for being here. And today, we're going to be doing something very special. We have, uh, like most of you who are watching from home, uh, who are probably still in your pajamas, um, several of the people who are here are also wearing theirs. And uh, this morning, we are here for one reason, and that is to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. We have chosen this day. Uh, and you, you cannot know what actual day Jesus was born on. And, uh, but we have chosen this season to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. Of course, we do believe that life begins at conception. And so that's one of the faith points in my life that I've always been able to enjoy. And that is my heartfelt celebration of the season of conception where the angel Gabriel visited Mary there in the town of Nazareth and there told her that she was highly favored and that she would bring forth this son who would be Emmanuel. This is the season that we're enjoying today. And I want to wish you, not only from our heart here at Church on the Rock, but also from the heart of heaven, I want to wish you peace on earth and goodwill towards you in the name of Jesus. Are you ready for the Christmas story? Okay. All right. For those of you, uh, I, I told our own campus uh, uh, congregation a moment ago, it's going to be very difficult for me to sit here because I get so excited. And, uh, but uh, the message today, if you will take this message today, the Christmas story, if you will take it and realize that the Christmas story is all about you, you know, uh, we focus on Jesus, we focus on Mary, we focus on Joseph, we focus on, you know, the angels and the shepherds and the wise men, and those are true things that happened uh, there in the town of Bethlehem, in the town of Nazareth. But the Christmas story is really about you, because while we are focused on what happened there, God was focused on what's happening here. God in the Christmas story is focused on what's happening in your life because of the Christmas story. And Christmas didn't just happen. Christmas was planned. Christmas didn't just, you know, come about because some young lady found herself pregnant. Christmas was on purpose. Christmas was a plan. Christmas was worked very, very hard for. And there are a lot of characters in the Bible that go together to make the Christmas story. But without you, the Christmas story would be meaningless. In fact, if it were not for you, there would have been no need for a Christmas story. Think of all those today, all over the world, who today, the Christmas story is really about them. Amen. In Luke, the second chapter, I'll be reading from the New Living Translation this morning. Let's begin in chapter 2, verse 1. At that time, the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. 
This was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. All returned to their own towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, his fiancée, who was obviously pregnant by this time. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn child, a son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the village inn. That night, some shepherds were in the fields outside the village guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them, and they were terribly frightened. But the angel reassured them. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news of great joy for everyone. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born tonight in Bethlehem, the city of David. And this is how you will recognize him. You will find a babe lying in a manger wrapped snugly in strips of cloth. And suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God. Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to all whom God favors. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Come on, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this wonderful thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They ran to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. Then the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary quietly treasured these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their fields and flocks, glorifying and praising God for what the angels had told them. And because they had seen the child just as the angel had said. Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. Jesus was born in the town of Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We have seen his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. Herod was deeply disturbed by their question, as was all of Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law. Where did the prophets say the Messiah would be born, he asked them. In Bethlehem, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote. O Bethlehem of Judah, you are not just a lowly village in Judah, for a ruler will come from you, who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. Then Herod sent a private message to the wise men asking them to come see him. At this meeting, he learned 
the exact time when they first saw the star. Then he told them, Go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child, and when you find him, come back and tell me so I can go and worship him too. After this interview, the wise men went their way. Once again, the star appeared to them, guiding them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house where the child and his mother Mary were, and they fell down before him and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chest and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But when it was time to leave, they went home another way, because God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. After the wise men were gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up and flee with the child and his mother, the angel said. Stay there until, you, until I tell you to return, because Herod is going to try to kill the child. That night, Joseph left for Egypt with the child and Mary, his mother, and they stayed there until Herod's death. This fulfilled what the Lord had spoken through the prophet. I called my son out of Egypt. Herod was furious when he learned that the wise men had outwitted him. He sent soldiers to kill all the boys in and around Bethlehem who were two years old and under because the wise men had told him the star first appeared to them about two years earlier. Herod's brutal action fulfilled the prophecy of Jeremiah. A cry of anguish is heard in Ramah. Weeping and mourning unrestrained, Rachel weeps for her children, refusing to be comforted, for they are dead. When Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and told him, Get up. And take the child and his mother back to the land of Israel. Because those who were trying to kill the child are dead. So Joseph returned immediately to Israel with Jesus and his mother. And when he learned that the new ruler was Herod's son Archelaus, he was afraid. Then, in another dream, he was warned to go to Galilee. So they went. And lived in a town called Nazareth. This fulfilled what was spoken by the prophets concerning the Messiah. He will be called a Nazarene. Amen. Let's give our praise and thanks to God for this message. A few things that we want to note in this message today. Number one is that God had a plan, and such was the plan of God, that God staked his own reputation on telling us beforehand what was going to take place. And almost 900 prophecies of the Messiah were fulfilled not only in this birth, but also in the life, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The few prophecies 
that remain to be fulfilled are prophecies of his coming again. And just as surely as God staked his reputation on a child being born to a virgin in the town of Bethlehem, God also has staked his reputation on the fact that this same Jesus is coming again. He is coming again. The reason for this season is you. You see, God has always had his eye on you. In fact, the Bible tells us that his plan for the Messiah was a plan that he had developed and agreed to even before the foundation of the world. Knowing what it would cost him in order to save your soul, God went forward with his plan because he loved you that much. God so loved the world before the world was created. God so loved you before you were formed in your mother's womb. God had chosen you in Christ before your parents or grandparents or before your ancestors, ancestors ever existed at all. Now that is the amazing omnipotence, the amazing omniscience, the amazing foreknowledge of God. You see, God knew that you would choose him one day. God knows today for those of you who have never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, for those of you who have never invited Jesus, for those of you who have never surrendered your life to this Christ who was born in Bethlehem, God already knows what you're going to do. His pre-knowledge does not mean that he is making it happen. You see, you have a choice today. You have a choice as to what you are going to do with your soul. Your soul belongs to you. And you can decide. But God so loved you before you were born that he went ahead and gave his son on the cross of Calvary to give you a chance, an opportunity. What can you do today? Well, let me tell you what these Bible characters did. If you read back through the Christmas story that we have just read, you will find many instances of divine intervention. You will find angels showing up. You will find a star guiding. You will find prophets discerning and reading the scriptures and having divine inspiration as to where the Christ child would be born. You will find Joseph having not just one dream, not just two dreams, but many dreams in order to, to guide his family and to, to make this Christ child available to us. What, what an amazing story of divine intervention. 
You see, the plan of God for your life is no less than the plan of God for the life of Jesus. The Messiah was born, and Christmas is all about you. Just like God divinely intervened in every step with purpose and with a plan, He also knows what you are going to do. He knew what Herod would do. He knew what Joseph would do. He knew what Mary would do. He knew what the wise men would do. He knew what the prophets would do. He knows what you are going to do as well. And He has chosen to divinely intervene in your life. Time after time after time, God has moved mountains, many things behind the scenes that we do not know about. This is one reason that we should not complain about the simple interruptions that we face in life. Because these interruptions no doubt play into the perfect plan of God and may even be a divine intervention in someone else's life because of some unexpected interruption in ours. You see, this unexpected interruption into Joseph's life was a divine intervention into mine. God is divinely moving in other people's lives because of you. Today, the Christmas message is all about you. Once you make Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life and for the rest of the whole year, let's make this Christmas story about others. Let's make sure that we are the angels, the prophets, that we are the messengers, that we are the carriers, the protectors, the providers, that we are the wise men still seeking the Christ so that we may reveal him to a world that's lost and hurting. Let me encourage you today to consider, have you surrendered your life to Jesus Christ? This story is all about you. Will you say yes to him today? I know some of you are being born again right now. How does this happen? Yes, it is, it is a reality. Whether here or, or on campus or, or around the world, some of you are saying yes right now because you realize that something divine has introduced you to this moment. Something beyond your control yet in God's plan. Someone else and their interruption has caused a divine intervention into your life. And today you're saying yes. Today you're surrendering. How do I know this? Because the Bible says, and it was a part of my Bible reading today in 1 John. The Bible says that when we believe that Jesus is the Son of God, we are saved amen you believe you believe you cannot deny you believe therefore receive jesus christ 
Receive him as your Savior right now. Receive him. The world did not. But you can. And you can take him to the lost and hurting. Thanks again for joining us for another relevant word from Pastor Ron Hammonds. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastor and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.